Welcome in to Fight to Flight with Kelly and Mike, brought to you by The Best Nest, because we're still waiting on a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> we are The Best Nest. We are The Best Nest. My name is Mike Hess. Um, I am a respiratory therapist. I do a lot with uh, chronic lung conditions, chronic breathing problems, uh, and help people breathe a little bit better. My name is Kelly Becker. I'll say I'm a human. I'm a woman and I've struggled with obesity my whole life. I happen to be a family nurse practitioner with a background in cardiopulmonary critical care and nursing. Um, now I'm a full-time obesity specialist and I'm gonna be real with you, um, I'm a flaming tire fire right now. So here to talk about the realities, uh, you can have all the resources and knowledge and um, know how to coach others, but um, Staying positive in the real world is what we're here to talk about. All right. So will you do me a favor, please, and twist that uh, clockwise? The Nope. Nope. Down. Yes. That collar there. Just twist that a little bit clockwise. Uh, welcome in to um, John requesting a little bit more volume. Um, always hard to, you know, it's funny. No, that's it's on. I just... I played with the gain a little bit. Uh, also, before I get into this whole conversation, I also want to say good uh, hello to my good friend Judy Martin. Hope you're feeling a little bit better, Judy. Uh, a lot of heat and humidity again today, so hopefully you're uh, trying to stay cool. You're always cool. I mean, who are we kidding? Uh, I, I'm not in the clinic, so I can say my favorite patient. How about that? Uh, so, uh, and then John it is happens. Asked, What's that? It happens. Yes. So red means that it's not muted and green would mean it is? No, it actually blinks when it's muted. So it's always red, uh, probably cost-saving measure. But when it's, and no, it's a little bit backwards. It the human factors to... design is poor. There you have it. Uh, in any event, the there's a funny quirk of technology where I have, I've done the, I, I use the same setup for uh, podcasting. I use it for... Um, uh, video conferences and I use it for this and of course you know we're using it uh, for this so the volume is always a little bit different it's the same microphone same equipment same computer all that stuff but the sensitivity in the software <coughs> seems to be a little bit different I guess and so streaming on Facebook is a little bit different than recording the podcast and um, so if you're listening to this on the podcast version and it's a little bit loud uh, we can blame John I want to know if people are hearing us okay now. That's the most important thing. We we're always we should we need we need a, like a we need a team. That's what we need. We need to win the lottery so that we can get a team. So, um, as long as people are hearing us okay, that's really the the key thing. Um, as Kelly mentioned, and I kind of put in the description if you're able to see that. It's been a challenging week. Um, I don't know if you want to go first. You want me to go first? Um... Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Mind you, Mike and I have just reconnected after a full day at our day jobs, and we have not talked about what we're saying tonight. First of all, credit to my peer, Lynn Lounsbury, who made the blanket for us at Christmas birthday time. Oh. Turns out I turned it the wrong way. Neat. So, from the top, 
Kelly, tell us about your tire fire. I like your sweaty balls. That's how I feel. I mean, uh, we're, uh, what's the show from SNL? Uh, delicious Dish. Yeah. The delicious I feel dish. like we're on uh, Delicious Dish. Fantastic. Great. Good times. Neat. Swell. Isn't well, that nice? Demonstrating, you were right, Kelly Becker, human factors design is poor because when I'm looking at it upside down, then it didn't work right. So <clears throat> it's like that, that YouTube guy that he's the kitchen design expert and then he greases up his hand and uses it as oh, yeah. hand. And if you can't do it, then it's bad design. So. I appreciate him. Human factors. So again, thank you to Lynn Lounsbury, my colleague and friend who made this beautiful blanket for us because we do call our home the best nest. That's the origin of this page and everything. Not gonna lie, so I said in the opening, I'm an obesity specialist for those that don't know me. I'm a nurse practitioner and I'm someone who struggled my whole life with obesity. Stepped on the scale this morning, started these shows uh, with the best nest three or four weeks ago and I had all these great hopes. In the month of May on Facebook, I was posting 21 days of change when the pandemic started in March, I thought this is awful, but I'll go home and I'll have time to regroup and recenter and be my best self and organize my house and start a healthy routine. And a couple weeks ago, I walked over 25 miles uh, in a week and then I had goals building on that and I'd lost some weight. I'm up 30 pounds from my lowest post-op weight and I'm counseling people who are wildly successful, thank goodness, every day and recommending their friends and family, thank goodness, love it, believe in it. And last night, Mike and I were on a short walk, what we could fit in, in the blazing heat. And, I, and I'll be honest with you all, I was like, you know what, man, I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm a flaming tire fire. I know what to do. I have the resources. I have the time. I have the why, I have the support. What is happening to me? And I said, I keep for all of this time and for a while now, I'm still doing the thing that brings me immediate comfort or gratification. And I'm not taking the time to do the things that require self-discipline, concentrated effort over time, unpleasantries and I was really beating myself up and I woke up and stepped on the scale today and I'm two pounds higher than the first day when that was going to be my worst weight and I am not a success story and I don't want to be a fraud to you who in you're so supportive or to my patients and so with a couple of patients today we set some goals but they were in the same place and I messaged a peer last night, like, how are you doing? She's like, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with feelings. And I was like, me too. I'm struggling. And I wasn't. I mean, it's not that we've been sick. We've been fortunate. We're working for now. We're healthy. Um, we've had time. We have each other. We still like each other. We're happy. We don't even really want or need. We're kind of afraid to go out in the world. But I think what I'm struggling with, and I really, really need to know how other people are feeling, but I know some patients felt better today, uh, as we just put it out there. I'm feeling like we're starting to go back to the real world. And we're opening those, those wounds again, or we're opening those scabs again to these are the things from before. 
And there may be some fear about how to do this safely, specifically with the pandemic, but it's more than that. I'm going back to the world where I was chasing my own tail and I didn't have time or I didn't make the time for the, the appropriate self-care. I th And I had nightmares. I woke up gasping. I'm panicking. I've had all this time. Why didn't I do X, Y, Z by now? I'm going to be in my clinic starting next week for at least some of the time live. And I am, I am dousing myself in guilt. I'm struggling. I think others might be. Why haven't I taken advantage of some of this time to organize my life, my mind, my heart? Why haven't I used this time better when I was gifted the opportunity to be healthy through it? And I think that's how a lot of us feel. And I was standing in front of the coffee maker today because I said to Mike last night, I don't even know what to say anymore to myself. Usually I can Pollyanna something. I can come out of this and say, this is my barrier. This is how I'll, I will address it. This is something I can control. This is what I can do. You know, I, I have changed my template so I have Thursdays off. I can finally clean my house and organize my life, right? And thank you, Sean. And then I, I, was, I was, I was shaking my head after I stepped on the scale today and I thought, oh my goodness. And I thought all I have left, all I can muster is I go back to what worked for me when I was 11 years old, 12 years old, after my paternal grandmother passed away. I was very close with her, but at that same time, there's a lot of loss in my life and I'm an only child. I was living in the country. I couldn't drive. I was, it was like a pandemic. I was on house arrest. My parents were working all day. And at that time, I had resources like my grandmother's cooking light magazines. And I felt crummy. And I, I, I had nothing but time, right? So I created a schedule. And I started with just getting enough water. I could almost cry because I didn't even think about that. With the first patient today, I said, what's the first thing we can do today? What's one thing we can control today? And the first thing I did was get enough water. And then I had the old vinyl complete workout by Jane Fonda. I put on the record player, no kidding you right now. And I started doing that and I started walking. And between seventh grade and freshman year, I really transformed my own health. Um, but how did I do that? And I was thinking about that as I look at the coffee maker today. I'm like, I'm feeling my depression has peaked. I am really, there are a lot of things I'm struggling with right now. And what I remember more than anything is I learned to live in the moment and take it one day at a time. Now, this sounds oversimplified and cheesy, but I have not been doing that during this pandemic. I've been thinking about all the things that burned me out or led to moral injury or made me feel bad, like being slow at getting my documentation done or you know, leaving things to the next day or ever troubling my practice, my patients, my peers. I hate that. It's like when things were late for school, and it, it's been this recurring theme, okay? And so I'm like, all right, live in today and do one thing today, Kelly, that makes you proud by the time you go to bed. 
And Mike has been demonstrating some of that behavior for me. He's been doing well with it. But I have to let go of how bad I feel about the days prior. And I have to not worry about what's coming tomorrow because there, there's a lot of unknown and there's a lot that's scary. So I'm trying to only focus on how do I define success? How do I, def what do I need to do to make me proud and let go of external influences? And so the only thing I can muster, the last thing around is I'm just going to take this one day at a time and I'm going to do one thing today that makes me proud by the time I go to bed. And that's just where I have to be because otherwise I'm overwhelmed and I'm paralyzed. Um, yeah, and it's that panic, that panic that I um, didn't get as much done as I wanted to by now or that I will fail to perform in the future. Um, but I have to stop talking about tomorrow or Monday uh, or the next month and, and live today and be proud of today. So did we lose recording, do you think? Um, we may have. Huh? There's Sean again. Got us back. All right. So um, not sure what happened there exactly, uh, but this is as good a time as any then to plug our podcast, uh, which we, if you aren't able to catch any of the episodes of Fight to Flight with Kelly and Mike, um, we do have a podcast website set up. Um, you can get Fight to Flight through, um, well, anywhere you get your, your podcast, your, you know, your Spotify, your Apple podcast, your Google podcast, all those places. Um, or you can hit, uh, head to patreon.com slash best nest. And there are links to all of our, our media things there, best, uh, fight to flight stuff, COPD navigator stuff, uh, knit trucks, which we're looking to do with Emma. Uh, Tommy agreed to do a Battlestar podcast with me. So we're looking to, to do all those media things. I'm not 100% sure where we uh, where we left off with Kelly's uh, um, tire fire of a week. So, um, again, going back to um, uh, make sure you check out the, the podcast to fill in the blanks there. But um, so you were talking a little bit about going back to basics, basically. Well, and going back to what worked for you as a youth to kind of do a reset of coping mechanisms and things like that. One day at a time was the conclusion, and the long diatribe was, I do believe I'm not alone, and I want to say it again in, in case this audience didn't hear it. I think a lot of us, especially perfectionists um, and empaths and carers of the world, are feeling stressed now that we didn't expect. And I think it's as we're going back to life some uh, you know, as before, it will never be the same. We may be revisiting old wounds uh, or regretting things we didn't get done when we thought we would. It's the, you know, it's like the Sunday night of the pandemic. Um, but also, you know, I don't want it to be Monday. I don't want to just go out there and pretend like nothing happened. I mean, I but I, I feel like my anxiety and depression heightened, not just because I have not accomplished all the goals I set out to accomplish, despite resources and support and accountability, 
in a very public place. So when I was talking with patients today, I said, tune in, you'll see my tire fire. I mean, I, I just kept saying it because that's how it feels. Um, I hope and I do believe that my patients and family and friends at least appreciate um, togetherness in that or the accepting the mess. Um, and that sometimes it just sucks. You know, I, you know, I think if this is our fifth episode, you and I have both been very kind of jolly as, you know, heavy people are uh, and finding the silver lining. And I think in this last week for both of us, as we talked, it's just kind of like, no, some of this just sucks. You know, like Sean said, some, it's a pandemic. Yeah. People are hurting. People are sick. And also there's racism and social stigma and disparities that are still unfair and uncertainties and it just sucks and we don't always have to put a silver lining on it like I did in my hair I put more silver in on purpose sometimes it's okay to freaking feel your feelings and and then what do you do with that and so I'm going to the takeaway is I'm not going to wrap it up with a bow and say it's all great because it's not and it's okay to not be and I feel like I need to tell people it's okay to not be okay sometimes and I'm not really great right now uh, and I have I have advantages and I have love and support but I'm still not okay and that's okay well, so and, one day at a time and that kind of leads me into into where I I've been um uh, I have I, I share in in a lot of the guilt of you know well I wish you know we you know I had these grand plans of, of cleaning and organizing you know like you and you know, wanted to have other spaces and things like that and while that didn't get done I was fortunate enough to be able to be productive I was you know doing these Facebook shows and all that sort of thing and you're right we are we are to a degree starting to reopen again but then that's where kind of my I have like, I don't necessarily, dichotomy is not the right word, but I have like two pathways that are kind of stressing me out right now. And the first is, you know, we've talked a lot about our our old way of life, you know, getting back to normal and things like that. And that really wasn't working for a lot of people. Um, you know, even before... It wasn't sustainable. No, even, even before the pandemic hit... You know, we, we saw we were having these conversations about, well, depression is on the rise and suicides are on the rise and all of these, you know, uh, addiction and dependence, all of these things have been ramping up over the past few years because or probably even longer, especially in some communities that have that built in stress. Um, you know, we, we just haven't really done a sustainable thing for a long time. And one of the things that was actually quite fortunate for us was in that pandemic, I found a thing that I really like to do. Yeah. I really like this role. I really like to be the content creator because I still feel like I'm putting my clinical knowledge and experience to use. I feel that um, I'm helping people. And I feel like I can have a good platform for advocacy, but I don't have to deal with the fracked up stuff, the prior auths and things like that. And and, and those are the things you t you mentioned the idea of moral injury where, you know, a lot of times people talk about getting burned out and things like that. But really getting burned out is having to do things that 
you know really aren't in anybody's best interest, but that's how you play the game. And it's those little, those little, it's like the death, death of, of a million a, paper cuts. Yeah, exactly. And it just grinds on you after a while. And I was able to be a kind of a respiratory therapist without having to deal with that stuff. And I'm, I'm facing looking at it again. Am I going to be able to do that? Because then again, the other side of it comes in. And this is where I'm really concerned because I, I, I am not a public health official, but I, I have a, a master's in public health. I have an affinity for public health. I look at things in the public health model and I am really concerned right now. Uh, particularly two things that I heard today. I heard some stories about people going to a clinic. Uh, and, you know, a lot of our clinics in, in Michigan, I'm not going to name any names, but a lot of them are, are, you know, have a similar model where you will go and you are greeted and the person greeting you says, you know, do you have this symptom? Do you have these symptoms? Do you have, have you had an exposure? Have you had the X, Y, and Z? Um, and if you related to this novel coronavirus, and if you do have those symptoms, then, you know, you immediately, there are precautions taken. You know, you go into isolation rooms and you're immediately roomed and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm hearing stories now of repeatedly people failing to mention symptoms until they're in the exam room. And so now the waiting rooms are contaminated and everybody else there is exposed. And usually people are wearing masks, but that's been going down a lot because we have this kind of crisis fatigue thing going on. And so there's all that. There, There's that. And so... You know, how are we going to be able to be safe when people are, are, are doing that? Especially the folks I deal with, with lung problems. Uh, and then, again, I, I, I'm here, I heard a story uh, on the way home. Awesome, since 50% no symptoms. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, so many people are, and then we still have these discussions about what is pre-symptomatic, what is asymptomatic. You know, even if you don't have symptoms, there, there are some preliminary studies that are saying, you know, there are still alterations in your lung tissue and things like that. We might, or and in your clotting factors. We don't know where a lot of this stuff is. And then the other big, the other big news that I heard, and this one is a little less reliable source, but... Um, we all know here in Michigan, there was a, a massive outbreak in Lansing, our state capital, tied to one of their restaurants. Again, not naming any names. They're, they've been all over the news, so you can go find that yourself. And there are reports from coworkers that somebody was working there the weekend where now they started seeing all these breakouts and then has now come back to Kalamazoo and is working in one of our local restaurants. And again... Hasn't been reported. Hasn't been. The, I didn't. I the, don't pay attention. Well, again, th this is kind of breaking news, and so they're saying, "Well, you got to report that to the health department." But, you know, again, from from what I look at it as as not even for me, but for the people I deal with, who have you, uh, um, most of you listening at this this moment are probably familiar with the with COPD, which is a, a chronic breathing problem. Uh, anybody with chronic breathing problems has higher risk has a, a stressed immune system and therefore a higher risk for you know viral exposures bacterial exposures so how do i see the people that i see and that i care you know that i care for in this kind of environment you know am i going to do i have a viable job i mean is this something that can be done in real life i mean i, I know that sounds kind of apocalyptic but and I know that there are places that are going to be hauling people in. They're going to be hauling people like both of us who have 
um, what is clinically described as mild obesity, or I, I guess I don't know if that's the clinical description, but, um, you know, it, We're not, class one right now. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was mild or whatever, but you know, the CDC keeps changing a lot of the risk factors. Folks who are overweight, that's a risk factor, regardless of your age. So it's me, it's the people all around me. And then it's just, it, it's the struggle of dealing with, you know, is what I do my, is my day job sustainable? I don't know. And even if it is sustainable economically, can I do that ethically? Can I do that morally? Can I look at somebody with COPD and oftentimes are overweight and diabetic because all these things go together? Because if you can't breathe, you're not going to be moving. You're not going to be doing all that stuff. Can I look them in the eye and say, hey, I need you to come back into this waiting room where some fracker was sitting there without a mask breathing coronavirus over everything how do how that you know and then on top of that still dealing in the middle of a pandemic still dealing with insurance companies saying no you can't have inhaler two even though you've been on it uh for six years you gotta go back to inhaler one i i I, i'm I'm with you i mean i don't want to play anymore you know i don't want to uh, John, you know, he, he knows a little bit about, I haven't invented like some of the details, but I was, I was joking around with him um, earlier that I just want to go to an island and, you know, do this stuff for my basement. I want to, you know, whatever I got to do to make enough money to pay for my internet connection and some groceries and just do this. You know, I, I, I know. Sean commented too. I don't know if you see that about on do we do throat exams? Yeah. I mean, well, and yeah, I mean, a key function of my job is telling people to breathe out really fast and usually making them cough because we're doing spirometry. And then that's, so do you that's need been an a whole, N95 in there? that's been a whole other debate because historically sell t-shirts on the beach. I'm, I'm, I'm ready, man. I, well, I, can't, I can't even sell T-shirts because the vendors are all backed up because the pandemic is shutting down all the factories. Uh, I've been able to move one T-shirt through COPD Navigator, which, which fortunately turned out really good. But um, did put some coffee mugs up there because they're not even letting you like make new T-shirts and stuff because they're so backed up right now. Oh. Um, but I guess I, I saw, I think Jamie was on here before. Maybe she can get us some screen printing stuff. Uh, well, I, I it just, yeah, duh, uh, uh, dawned on me. Last week was the 20 year anniversary of my father dying at 43 of a heart attack. And that hits me harder than I ever realized. And, and then in retrospect, you know, I can put that together and then some other things. There are just some things in the universe that aren't fair and people who are not fair and the big picture. But, um, and then on top of that, I, I know I'm interrupting, and I'm sorry, but on top of that, we know that we don't have it that bad. You know, like oh. objectively, objectively, yeah. we when don't I have complain, it. When I complain, I get annoyed with myself. Exactly. Shut your mouth. And so then there's this whole other moral injury argument. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Feeling just guilty. Kelly, shut your mouth. Yeah. 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 That said, I know that my dad at 43 was stressed, and his he was an offset printing press mechanic. And I, I like to think, like, in my practice, he had great contacts that became family in, like, the tri-state area. And, you know, he had 
you know, customers, but then he was, you know, the family was, you know, just amazing. So he loved that, but there's just a lot of other crap involved with industry and business and rules and blah, blah, blah. And so relationships we love, it's the other stuff that's stressful. And he was stressed and he said, I just want to be the fish guy. I just want to be the guy that shows up. And he had a woody shirt, you know, like Mike wears these Hawaiian shirts. And he had some like his first like Tiva sandals and some like comfy khakis. And that was his like chillin' dude outfit. We actually cremated him in that. It was his like his chill outfit. And he said, you know what? No one's mad at the fish dude. The fish dude shows up. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm here to clean the tank. How are you, everybody? Nobody's mad at the, you know, um, you know. There's problem solving to do, but it's like, hey, hey, everything's good. Peace out. Gonna go home. Pet the dog. Blah blah blah. And I think that's where you and I might be. To, we love what we do. We oh, love absolutely. advocacy. That's why I was saying I want to do this. If I, I could don't. do this and never disappoint myself or others, or be bogged down by the stuff you know that you know i want to love on and care for people and not be limited by so many challenges in our system you know i um so it's it's taxing and that you know i this wasn't originally intended to just be all you know well and so here we go i'm feeling guilty already because we're sitting here because we're supposed to be positive (laughs) and i thought i'm just going to tell people it's okay to be a disaster because but you know i'll be honest with you though i had a really good i post these on linkedin too follow me on linkedin um i can't keep up with this man yeah and i actually had a comment from uh, a connection of ours. Uh, you know her, Amanda, from uh, the Carolinas. Absolutely, Carolina and hello, Karine. Yeah. And she said, I really like how you guys keep it real. And I, and I do think there's something to be said because it, you, you kind of led with a lot of people are feeling like this. And one of the things, and Sean says, we, they need to know how we fail. Yeah, that was that, that was the cry. genesis I of mean, this. Oh, my God. We, we, we fall so that we can learn to pick ourselves up again. I think that was my pop culture quote from episode one, even. I mean, I think there's something to be said about getting these emotions out and demonstrating that clinicians or advocates or we're people, too. And it's episode five, and I'm still... Well, I know, but that's what I'm that. Well, that actually that is that's one of the things I wanted to talk about this week, because um, we know, you know, one of the cornerstones is if you're if you're making a lifestyle change, whether it's weight loss, whether it's getting into shape, whatever it is, we know that there aren't any easy answers you know you 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 see on tv you know you, well we've got the three-day weight loss solution or the seven-day weight loss solution or you know what what have you um that doesn't work we know that there's got to be a foundation it's got to be you know a behavior change it's those cycles and all that stuff but it's not episode 105 i love I'm, you for that and i would say that to my patients too <laughs> and that and that's that leads into my point though when or is there a time when? So uh, uh, where I'm going with this? We talked about this. I want you to come yesterday. this way a little so we center the heart. It's good. The OCD and, the, and several. Yeah. yeah, it's been bothering us both. Who are we getting? Okay. Um. So I I I I am up about 20 pounds from my lowest weight, 
uh, you had mentioned years earlier. I'm up 32. about 20. Okay. Um, and so I, last I checked, because I didn't actually check this morning, but I checked yesterday, and I was up a pound. I, I, was, I was also up from when we started. I was up one pound. Now, I've been doing my walking. I've been getting all the steps in. One, he really except has, for one everybody. day in the life. He really has. And not only that, I have a thing on, on my, I have one of these fancy smartwatches where not only do is it it's steps, it's calories burned through exercise, and it's active minutes. So it's not even like leisurely stroll stuff. you got to actually be active. And, and I get this little heart. Hi, Jeannie. Today, you can see that you know I'm not quite there yet. I got my minutes because well I need to probably reset some of these goals anyway. But um, you know I get I've gotten the heart every day except for the day I get my you know I'm doing all these things. I've been I started off watching protein. I have I will have to say I've kind of fallen off that wagon a little bit. But I'm still I'm trying to be I, I am doing less snacking. I, I'm doing mm -hmm. these things, and it's still not moving. And so where I'm kind of at, and probably another stressor is kind of, I'm in like a, um, depending on whether you're a literacy uh, or a literature geek or a sci-fi geek, it's either, you know, Charles Dickens or um, Ratha Khan. It's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Because I feel better. I feel I, I, my sleep is better. I feel I have more energy. I have been able to focus on, on some projects that I've been working on a little bit better. Um, been exploring some other opportunities. You know, I, I feel more productive. I feel better. Um, but I also don't feel that my my weight obviously is not changing. And my best guess, based on the under or the uh, the uh, clothes that I have that aren't baggy, shapeless scrubs is that my non-scale stuff, my, my clothes side, I don't think those are changing. So how long before you, before, I don't want to say give up, but how, how long before you try a different strategy? You don't want, you're not going to have the instant gratification, but how long do you give it before you say, maybe this isn't working and I need to go in a different direction? You know, in our marriage and as as two people i think you're putting your finger right on it and, and i didn't expect to even have this revelation but there may be a trivia question or something out there in the universe and i'll ask you and you whether you know it or not you have an answer it is a rare rare time that you don't have an answer or you don't have a way to gather that answer for me quickly. I mean, and, that, that's that's for the, the record, when it comes to trivia, I usually just have the answer. I Truly, I mean, you really are the like smartest person I've ever known, who makes interesting decisions at times. Just waiting on my call from Alex Trebek. Um, and and I'll say when it comes to lifestyle and coaching, and though I'm I'm flawed, I'm not my most successful patient, but. I think I'm decent at this and, um, you know, you can count on me to have an answer mm -hmm. or my patients might. And, and this is uncomfortable. I think it's uncomfortable when I ask you a question, you, you don't know the answer. It's uncomfortable when you ask me a question, especially if it's something I can draw on my gut feeling or intuition or experience in a, in a way. And I think what's uncomfortable for me is I don't re I don't necessarily know for sure. When is it time to change course? And 
it goes back to when I think um, our recording studio got tired of me talking and then we just disappeared when I was pouring my heart and soul out. But um, it's on the podcast. I, <laughs> I um, kind of lost where I was going with that. But um, it's uncomfortable to not know the answer. It is. Um, oh, that I that I can admit at the core what what is going on with me. I am still doing the things that I immediately have to do. Like, I have to because you have to do this. You have to, like, answer this call. You have to see this patient. You know, um, you you have to wake up and, you know, participate in the world. You have to put gas in your car, you know. Um, but I'm also doing a lot of things with immediate gratification. I've always struggled um, with those things that require the what I'm talking about, taking it one day at a time, doing one thing, and we can, this is what I, I'm coming to, accepting that it will be slow, accepting that I have to stay committed, accepting that I have to be uncomfortable more than one or two days in a row, but that it will be worth it, and reminding myself that. I think that's what is is coming out of this discussion. You said, how long until you change? I think... I have not, it's like I'm an adult and I can do what I want. And I'm an adult and it's the pandemic and it's stressful. So I'm going to keep doing, I'm going to order Grubhub and I'm going to watch my murder mysteries and I'm going to kick my feet up and I'm not going to walk with Mike tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to comfort myself. And I think some of that's important and we have to forgive ourselves for that. Mm -hmm. But back to what I think my goal is, which is one day at a time, do the thing, do the one thing, be proud of this day. And that's what helped me, oh, I'm 42, 30 years ago. And that's what could help me again. Um, but I, I think that that's where we're going is being uncomfortable and doing the hard work without being miserable and too hard on ourselves. And finding that balance, has a, it's a challenge, and I think that that's the crossroads. So if you're not reaching the outcomes you want to reach, an honest self-assessment of, is it that it's not working, or is it that I would rather be doing the things that bring me immediate gratification because I've forgotten that I'm worth this effort? Yeah. I could cry, but I, <laughs> I'm worth this. Sean says yeah. maybe maybe commit to not weighing yourself for a month, and maybe maybe that's a thing. You know, I have um, one of our one of our patrons on, on Patreon, uh, Brian. He's always very upfront. He has lived with lung problems his entire life, um, and he eventually told his pulmonologist, "I'm not going to do the spirometry test. I'm not going to do the lung function test anymore because." Just like Sean is saying, the scale is maybe causing you to get more down. Um, it's possible. I, I, I think... I'm not getting on it very often. No, I, I I'm a... not doing it. Yeah, I mean, not it, more it's... than once a week lately. And yeah, I, I think that's probably part of it is because I well, and, and this is this is where I almost got spoiled last time because, you know, I, I have also struggled with weight my whole life, um, as regular viewers know. When I did the surgery, that was like 
smooth. I mean, I had no, there were no complications. I lost 150 pounds, like basically no bother, no struggle. I mean, it was, it was kind of easy. And I know that that's part of it. Don't forget that you followed medical for a year and you were tracking well, and you were yeah, walking so, and you you were looking at you were working hard and the surgery helped with that set point. So you had it was subjectively a, easy, I would say. I mean, it, 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 and it shouldn't feel awful, but it's hard now. And I think that's why, like, our, we're going to have a support group tomorrow night with those of us back on track. It's different now. Well, and, and that's where I'm going It just with it. is easy. different you're, you're after right. weight loss. I shouldn't have said easy because it's never the easy way out. And you we were working really that. hard. And I was. I was, yeah. I was doing what I was supposed to do. But then this time, I kind of had it in my head. It's like, oh, okay. I've been sitting on my rump for months. We haven't been playing tennis. We haven't been doing Man, our usual our, activities. Our at least hour of tennis a day saved us from a lot. Oh, I, I no see way. that now. So I got it in my head. That's like, okay, all I got to do is get my, my protein to 60 and get my steps in, and whoosh, it'll be fine. It'll just flush right out again. And I probably shouldn't have thought that, but I did because we're people and we have an infinite capacity to fool ourselves. <laughs> a lot of us um, will think, if I go back to that thing that worked really great, why isn't it working as well? And yeah. then it's like, I have a lot of that and I'm dealing with that, but it's, we are also in a pandemic and like social crises and... We've got, yeah, and, and I, I, mean, mean, I mean, looking back, I mean, I'm four years older now and maybe that's not a lot in the scheme of things, but my body is four years older. I have an entirely different, you know, uh, um, uh, metabolic, biochemical, stru- hormonal structure because, uh, you know, I have a chunk of my stomach is gone and so the, the hormones are different. And it's always um, harder after initial weight loss, always. The stress is yeah. harder. You know, we've talked a couple of, you know, the, the variety of stressors. We've had some family stressors, as many families do. I mean, this has just been, and, and the unknown, I mean, we don't know where things are going to be in six days or six weeks or six months. I mean, you know, they're, they're talking over the governor was on, had a news conference today talking about opening school and things like that. And I, I didn't catch all the details, but I, I think to myself, how is that even possible? I mean, I know we have this whole thing where kids aren't, you know, supposedly it doesn't affect them, but then they have this whole other coagulopathy, blood clotting thing. Um, and then they're, they're carriers. And then, you know, again, what happens if kid gets sick as asymptomatic? We don't even know he gets infected, comes home, brings it to me. Maybe it's in January or something like that. And I think it's just the flu or it's, it's cold or something, you know, something like that. And then I go to work and despite all my distancing and all that stuff, I get three people sick. You know, how I have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, there are so many unknowns, without a doubt. It... And so my, my point is, you know, again, not to just be the, the, the rain cloud, but there, there are, uh, intellectually, I know now that there are a lot of stressors, this, and the, the stress hormone, cortisol? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some of that trivia for you. I do pay attention sometimes. Um, you know, cortisol, the cortisol effect is real. I mean, when, you're, when you are fighting, you can't fly. Ha, truth though. I mean, that was Roll a common credits. thing today. You know, several people. I'm back to work and I'm happy about it. Um, I think I am. You know, but I'm up weight and I don't understand. 
And, you know, I think there are a lot of, just as the, you don't know, you don't always know if someone's carrying or, or experiencing the virus that is this pandemic. I think the stress is, is paralleled with that. I think we have hidden stressors that we don't know we're carrying and, and that bubbles up. So I feel like I need to say that and I need other people to know that it isn't just them. A patient today said, I'm going through the motions. I'm, I'm doing things. It's, it's almost mm. all I can do to get through my work day. Um, and I, I don't have much to give to my family. I don't have much left, you know, reserve, but I'm providing and I'm glad I'm still working because they just had massive layoffs at my place. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm doing work, but I don't feel connected to it. Does that make sense? And I said, yes. She had tears in her eyes and I said, yes, I'm talking to you. I feel connected to you, but I don't feel connected to my own program right now. My own um, plan for myself. Um, and I, I don't know, I f we're so separated. I think it's important we get together with anyone else experiencing this. Um, you're not alone. And I mean, when we were walking last night, and as I stared at the coffee maker today, as I keep saying, I usually have an answer, but there was a part of me that's like, man, I don't know. I'm running out. I'm running out of things to say and, and think and hope and paint, uh, you know, this picture. But I think we get together and, you know, as people and talk about this is different, this is real, and we're experiencing it. And and it matters that you took the time to be here listening to us and I I, that we remember we matter and, I also, and that is real i want to highlight a revelation i had earlier uh, earlier today as a matter of fact because um every now and then i do a blog post for the copd foundation and we're cycling through that again and i was asked to do one coming up and um this one is more on the clinical side talking about you know you know what do you do to to keep patients positive and, and stuff like that. And I, I got to thinking, you know, one of, and I'm hopeful that a lot of clinicians are, are end up, end up listening to this, watching it, whatever, because this, this was kind of eye opening to me. And, and I, I think it's an important lesson to learn. Being, I've, I've seen a lot of folks in various contexts doing in, in COPD stuff. I talked to people across the country people living with it, caregivers, patients, or uh, uh, clinicians. Um, and usually there's a lot of different points of view, right? Because, you know, oh, depending yeah. on where you are, you know, depending on severity and depending on where you live and treatment plans and things like that. Um, but the pandemic has been kind of unique because there's been a really common thread through that in that, okay, so Tell me again, you are afraid, you're very careful about who you're around because you don't want them to get you sick. Yeah, that's like living with COPD. Uh, you consolidate your trips because you don't want to get exposed and you're cautious about where you go. Yeah, that's like living with COPD. You have unpredictable fatigue and, and stress and things like that. Yep. Uh, you have anxiety and depression and, and all that stuff from being isolated. Yep. Welcome to... This is what our folks chronic with disease, chronic condition. Yeah, all every. Um, yeah. 
mental health issues, physical health issues, breathing issues, arthritis, uh, uh, CF, COPD. Um, help me out here. I mean, all of the all, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, all of these things Autoimmune. is new to us. But this is how that group lives, though. Uh, that's and so as a clinician, I implore you. Think about your feelings right huh. now and let those color your interactions. Mm. Make sure that it, if you take one thing away from any part of fight to flight or this pandemic or any, any, the one, the, as a clinician, the one lesson I implore you to learn, feel your feelings and then use them to color your interactions with the people you care for because I have long said that I don't know what it's like to have COPD because I don't have that, that breathing issue. I, I can't speak to being short of breath all the time, but I kind of have a little bit more understanding of what the lifestyle can be like. You know, again, I'm not going to tell you I know what it's like, but it's eye-opening. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know what, I don't even know what else to say about it. it. It is, it's revelatory. And I hope that clinicians understand that. And and I guess that is something I can hang my hat on as a, as a positive for dealing all this, all the stress that, that I'm dealing with all that right now. I at least have learned some valuable lessons. And then imagine what that feels like and knowing it isn't that a stay-at-home order is going to be lifted from your disease state. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, again, I eventually get the free pass, which is why I said, you know, I want to be very clear that I'm not saying, oh, I know what you like now. I'm, I'm part of the team. I, I'm not. Um, because I know that, you know, eventually it, I, can, I can set that hat down or, you know, I, I, can, I can take that off. But... Going back to, to the positive, wearing the, po you know, being positive and wearing that hat. So long as we don't lose the opportunity, uh, and, and we talk about this, uh, you and I do, um, this pandemic and staying at home and a lot of that has illuminated that a lot of us burn the candle at both ends and we don't need that hustle bustle and what really is important and what do you really need to buy and what do you really need to have? What, what really makes you happy? Um, so, and then let us reflect, you know, and, and dig deep and, you know, identify what it's like for those without resources and support and do better let's feel it be mad about it be sad about it but let's allow ourselves to feel it and do better yeah i mean it's important to kind of let that let that wash through you a little bit because if you deny it it's just going to come back feel your feelings and then do something about it you know, again, colored with your experience. Mm -hmm. um, John, by request, before you sign off, perhaps a few words about the passing of Carl Reiner, who did pass away this morning, a giant of um, 
I want to say old Hollywood, but um, a giant uh, of uh, in the acting world, uh, father to Rob Reiner, uh, Meathead, I believe. From mm-hmm. uh, um, my my the the way I know um, Carl Reiner the most, and uh, maybe this speaks not not so well to my Hollywood history or anything like that, but um, absolutely adored him in the uh, Ocean's Eleven movies. Or the, the Oceans movies. Oh. He was Saul in, in Oceans 11, 12, and 13. And while that may seem, uh, that's where I know him as. And why that's a connection here is because all of us have a role to play in helping each other. And eventually that was kind of the, the, this, is, this may be a stre- reaching a little bit, but to me, that was kind of the message to a lot of those Ocean's movies. You know, it, it starts off as kind of a heist movie, and, you know, that they're all kind of, you know, I mean, if you think about it, they're all criminals. They're all bad people um, who scam people and, and cheat people and do all these things. But they're all there for each other, and eventually they they end up being kind of almost like an anti-hero Avengers because by the by the time the last movie rolls around, Al Pacino is the bad guy, and he kind of screws all of them over, including um, uh, Andy Garcia, who was kind of the villain of the first movie, and they all reunite, including Carl Reiner. To team up and do the good thing, do do bad things for good reasons, I guess. You know, the ends justifies the means a little bit because they end up like bankrupting Al Pacino. That's interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the biggest takeaway is whether you are somebody who is dealing with stress and strife, whether you are somebody who is caring for somebody dealing with stress and strife, whether you are a clinician, whether you are. A caregiver, whoever, whatever it is, you if have. You're about to rob a casino. If you're about to rob a casino, um, maybe that's how we get up to the island in our little t-shirt hut and our broadcast, our pilot radio broadcast. If anyone wants to fund us to just you know love on you and uh, say nice things, you know, just let us know. Patreon.com/slash/bestness. <laughs> um, but no, we all have roles to play, and you don't always know when that role is going, how that role is going to affect somebody either. I mean, um, you know, I, I stopped doing live shows for a while because it was a lot of work, and I just had a lot of other stuff going on. And I had people I had never met come up to me at respiratory conferences, other therapists and stuff, say, hey, can you start doing that again? I learned a lot. Um, you know, I have had people come up to me as, in every context and say, thank you. You know, this is I, my, my cliche, my go-to cliche is my best day at work is when I have that person come back to me after a month and I say, I didn't know how bad my breathing was until it got better. And you never know when you're going to be that person for somebody else. So play your part. Be inspired by Carl Reiner. Um, I'm sorry I don't have a, a better story about him, but uh, if we can all live, I know I actually saw he. If I if I read the time codes right, he actually tweeted last night as a as a advocate for um, people without a voice. So right to the end, he was advocate an advocate for somebody. So um, be an advocate for somebody be part of their team be part of their you're their 11 or their 12 or their 8 um, and take care of them
that looks like as good a place as any to, to end for this week. Um, thank you, John. I, I hope I didn't let you down there. I hope that was a, 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 a moving tribute. Um, I, I should know more about him. Um, I have always recognized the name, but that's that's always been where I, I know him from. So that's where I wanted to go with it. Um, thank you. Uh, thanks to everybody else who's still sticking with us through the, the tech problems. Again, if you missed part of that, this entire uh, right now hour and five minutes, minus a little bit of editing at the front and back. Um, also ate supper with Mel Brooks almost every night together. That I did not know that. I did not know that. I knew he was. You sound a... like Johnny Carson. That's wow. awesome. Weird, wild stuff. <laughs> um, everybody's got a bad Carson impression. <clears throat> I help so. We help so many. Thank you, Linda. Uh, appreciate you checking in. I, I've seen a lot of tributes from for from uh, for Kyle Reiner today. So, um, it's just uh, it's been a heck of a day for in in a couple of other circles. So. Um, thank you, everybody who is a part of our team, a part of the Best Nest team. Um, we really appreciate you listening to us ramble on. And um, I'm so honored that people take time. Yeah, it, it's incredible. So we honored. are building, helping to build a community, um, helping each other build a community. And, and that's what we all need right now. We need community. Mel would drive from Santa Monica and driving anywhere in California. You got to be somebody's BFF. <laughs> um, hey, that's standing by. Yeah, that's yeah, that's there. So in real life, you know, Mel and you know, they're there for each other. That's that's a great example of people being there for each other. Um, that's why I always ended uh, um, house call with um, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Yeah. Speaking of actually doing house call this week, uh, Friday. For those uh, those oh. folks who are interested, um, look over at our our, our uh, the progenitor site, uh, progenitor group or uh, page, COPD Navigator. Uh, going to be doing Fitness Friday since I am fortunate enough to have Friday off. We're going to get back on the horse and get moving a little bit because no matter who you are, um, we can all benefit from a little bit more movement right now. Uh, we're going to be taking a walk together. I stole this idea from one of a brilliant. Uh, pulmonary rehab, uh, I believe called a physiotherapist over in the UK, uh, where we're going to be walking through the woods together. Or, or I haven't quite picked out the scenery yet, but just doing some basic walking in place and enjoying some scenery and having a little chat, pretending that it's not a thousand degrees and humid in the middle <laughs> of a pandemic. So, uh, and of course, answering uh, questions live as we like to do. Um, as I said before, if you're missing, if you missed the part where it dropped out, all of this will be available on podcast sources sometime tomorrow. Uh, I just need to do a little bit of editing and touch up and that sort of thing. Put our nifty little new um, royalty-free theme music on there that I found. <laughs> um, but look for that in your podcast tomorrow. Uh, if you're looking for our other media or want to support our but on the beach fund, patreon.com slash best nest. Uh, give us some encouragement to do some other shows too. We want to know how we want to know how best to support you because at the end of the day, this is all about the folks that we can share our experiences with and hopefully uh, get to feeling better, breathing better, and ultimately take flight to your best life. So, or we're just here to have you watch us in our own tire fire and then you can feel better. Yeah, if we can make Don't you feel better. Don't breathe in the fumes. I was going to say, if we can make you feel better about yourself, then hey. 
All right, it's folks. where I am today. Until uh, either Friday at COPD Navigator or next week on Fight to Flight with Kelly and Mike. Uh, my name is Mike Hess. Kelly Becker, crying and snotting. <laughs> living our best <laughs> lives right here. Uh, living our best tire fire. Please, again, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We will see you next week, Tuesdays at 530. It seems to be a pretty all right time. So we'll see you again next week. Uh, find us on Facebook, uh, the best uh, Facebook.com slash the best nest LLC altogether, or just search best nest and look for the uh, blue bird on a pink background. Uh, follow us there. We're we are, we're up to ten subscribers on YouTube now. Yay! So we got ninety to go before we can actually name that channel. <laughs> so please uh, like, share, and subscribe. Help us spread the message. Help us help other people, and um, that's the name of the game. So be part of uh, be part of the team here. Be be. We'll all be part of each other's teams. So, um, as Linda says, we feel part of your family that you share with us, and you That's feel like hope. part of our family. Oh, so without a we, single doubt. We love our internet family. So, uh, take care, everybody. Uh, I, for one, am off to get some more steps. I need about another uh, another mile and a half or so. So, let's uh, do that and have a healthy dinner. Okay. And we'll set fire to the tires again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> take care, everybody.